Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof Podcast. listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are talking with our brother and our friend, Sammy Hudson, who is the executive director of Camp Refuge in Aden, North Carolina. Over the summer, we had an opportunity to spend a week at Camp Refuge. It was actually our second summer um, having the opportunity to be a part of some young kids' lives and hopefully impact them for eternity. Mm -hmm. But there was an an eternal impact actually made on our lives when we sat down to talk with our brother Sammy about what the Lord had done um, in him and his family and through the the refuge, sending help to help establish this camp uh, because the vision and the mission is to advance God. Kingdom. It's Mm -hmm. to spread the gospel. And as our brother talked to us, we were just like, man, the Lord was ministering to us. And we thought it was an incredible blessing to us. And we think that what the Lord has done at Camp Refuge will be an incredible blessing to our listeners as well. Mm -hmm. So joining us today to talk about um, his newest book, his first book. Is this your first book, Sammy? Oh, yes. Okay. So. So, so I'm just saying first, because probably there are going to be others. I mean, as you continue ministering and continue allowing yourself to be used by the Lord, there'll be others that will flow out of this. But we want to talk about that book and talk about um, what the Lord has done um, as you have willingly submitted. You and Desta both have willingly submitted to the call of God to advance his kingdom, to seek his kingdom first. First of all, the book is I Am In adequate. I love that so much, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I love yeah. that title so much. It's such a great play on words. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I always ask folks the question, have you ever been asked to do something that you knew you couldn't do? And, um, and so this, this journey of developing the refuge started 17 years ago for us. And from the very beginning, we knew that it was more than we could do, Destin and I. And that the only way it was going to get accomplished is if God was a part of it. And um, I didn't have the skill set or, um, or the experience to do, uh, to build a camp at all. And so it was a blessing to, to walk into that with my wife who had full faith that God was walking with us. And, um, but I th- I've learned over the years, that it's okay to recognize that we aren't adequate apart mm-hmm. from God. And that if it is something that we can do in our strength, then we received all the glory due and God doesn't. Mm. And so the question that we had to ask ourselves is, are we willing to accept the challenge that, um, that we're going to walk into something that we can't do. And, um, and so that was really the the journey, how it began for us is to, uh, is to follow Jesus into, to what was really an unknown thing for us at the time. And there were ups and downs, but but it's okay to recognize that I am inadequate, mm-hmm. but that's okay. As long as I'm in the one who is adequate. And so, um, and so that's kind of where the, the, the title came from. 
And there's, you know, this book has been a journey for me. It's been fun. It's kind of like uh, developing and sharing a testimony. Um, it, it was really uh, a lot of tear-filled moments in writing this book and laughter in writing the book and, and looking back and just seeing all the ways that God has blessed us on this journey. Because until you look back and take inventory, oftentimes you can miss the things that God has done that you may not even recognize at the time that God is doing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so this book is really uh, a pointing to Jesus moment for us saying, look what God has done, um, even through somebody like us. We want to tell you about something exciting happening in 2024. Yes. It's the first ever Culture Proof Conference. Yes, Culture Proof Conference happening in Bartlett, Tennessee, July 11th through the 13th, right outside of Memphis. And it's going to be a great time. So save those dates and get ready for the Culture Proof Conference. That's right. Everything that you've come to expect from the Addison's attention to what's going on in the culture, attention to our kids, attention to families, attention to ministers. Like we're going to talk to pastors about what is going on. And so we're really excited that Pastor Taren Dames is going to be there Mm -hmm. um, talking about how we can actively respond to the attacks on our kids in the public education education system. What can we do as a church family to respond? That's just one component of the Culture Proof Conference 2024, another Mm -hmm. component. Yes, we're going to have Dr. Kathy Cook. She is a favorite. Man, she has a lot of wisdom to drop on families, on parents and children alike, and and you don't want to miss her. No, Abraham Hamilton III is also going to be there. And of course, if Abraham Hamilton III is there, that means his wife, Maria Hamilton I (laughs) and only, is also going to be there directing our Culture Proof Kids track. That's right. We are giving attention to our kids because we cannot afford to ignore them any longer. Speaking of our youth. Yes, we can forget about the teens we're going to have the culture proof teens with mark and amy warren they'll be back they'll be ready to go it's going to be a great time teaching apologetics equipping our kids to resist those cultural trends that rival the truth we are excited new and improved not only will there be main sessions but there are also going to be smaller more intimate breakout sessions where you get to really ask your questions and get equipped you can show up with your entire family and we want to meet you there more information is going to be out soon so make sure you stay connected because we'll be rolling that out registration will happen in february Mm -hmm. and so you don't want to miss that it's the culture proof conference and why because when we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth we remain culture proof So let's rewind. I want to go back because I'm aware of your testimony um, being an athlete and being a golfer and the Lord just really turning your focus. Can we rewind a little bit and talk about how the Lord invited you to the place you are now that is one of not just ministry, but this type of trust that I, I believe that missionaries and ministers are privy to, that there's a there's a different level of kind of being hidden in the Lord. And, and I say that not that there's a level as far as height, but there's a different experience when we are willing to turn over the totality of our life to the Lord. We experience him in a different way. So rewind just a little bit and talk about that transition. Yeah, well, my goal was to be a golf professional out of college. That was my my heart. I even studied that in school and played uh, some professionally, um, but I really wanted to work in a club and to teach. But I you know, after me and my wife, I was still doing a lot of stuff with fellowship Christian athletes or young life. I was playing music or 
um, speaking at different events. And finally, my wife said one night, she said, you know, are you going to be a golfer or are you going to go into full-time ministry? Because right now you're doing both full-time and um, it'd be really cool to have a family. And, and so what does that look like? And so I, I, I kind of gave back a challenge. I said, well, if somebody were to call me and offer me a job in full-time ministry, I would take it. <laughs> Knowing that I hadn't sent out any applications or resumes or anything like that. And she kind of said, okay. Well, um, about a month later, I got a phone call from a camp who was looking for a Christian education director. And, um, and I had done some things with them in the past. And they said, would you come on full time with us? And my wife was standing there um, listening in on the phone call. And she kind of looked at me smiling, almost like, what are you going to do? And so for me, um, it was a literal calling. Um, it was a phone call that I had not prepared for. I had not asked for. And so, but the question was, was I going to be obedient? And was my word going to mean anything to my wife? Mm. And so uh, I kind of looked at her and we prayed and I, I called them back and I said, um, I'd be glad to pursue this knowing that my, my previous eight years of life have been, had been developing this idea that I was going to be a golf professional. So in a moment's notice, what I kind of gave off as a, as a passing comment to my wife um, became God saying, well, we're going to find out if your word means uh, anything or not. And so, uh, so we accepted that and, and began this full-time ministry journey. Um, and I was a youth pastor also for seven years after that. But the big call for the refuge was something quite different. Um, I got a phone call one day from a, uh, a friend who said, look, we um, have been praying about a camp in Eastern North Carolina. Would you be on our team to develop it? I'm like, sure, no problem. I was a youth pastor. Everything was going great. Life was smooth. And, um, and she said, and I've been praying for this for 14 years. Wow. I was like, oh, maybe I should listen to this. And, um, and so after that, uh, conversation i joined a board of directors to start a camp well for five years we looked for property to build a camp and didn't find any property anywhere that would be suitable to build the kind of camp and we didn't have any money so no property and no money doesn't really add up to um, a whole lot of development <laughs> and so um so our board chairman said well look after five years we just probably should dissolve this it just doesn't seem like god really wants this to happen I was, I was like, no problem. I had no skin in the game. I wasn't invested in it um, except for sitting on a board of directors. But two weeks later, I got a phone call from someone I'd never met before. And he knew who I was through a common friend. And he said, I'd like to talk with you about something. And I said, okay, sure. And so I, I drove out in the country and met him. And he brought me out into this, this piece of property that was undeveloped. It was, it was an old trash dump. And uh, there were briars and it was just kind of a mess. And I said, well, where are we going? And he said, well, I want to show you something. So he took me back to this creek and he handed me this envelope. It was gorgeous back by this creek. And I began to read it. And I said, this is a vision for a camp. And I looked at the date and it was dated 10 years prior to that day. Mm. And he said, God told me I'm supposed to give this land away to build a camp. Would you develop it? <laughs> right. And so. So, yes, yeah, so your response was very similar to mine. I was like, <laughs> first of all, he, he had no idea that we had been involved in this journey. And now he was going to give away land to build a camp, which we had been trying to do for five years to know, um, to, to, 
to no uh, to no end, right? And so I asked him, I said, well, how much land are you talking about here? And he says, well, I'm supposed to give away 165 acres. And I'm, I, I didn't even know what 165 acres looked like. I built a house on. And so I said, well, that sounds really, really cool. Uh, maybe I should talk to my wife about this. He said, I think that's a good idea. Well, the first thing I did on the way back was I called our board chairman. And I said, did you um, send in our papers to dissolve our nonprofit? And he said, I did uh, two weeks ago, just like I said I was going to. And he said, they sent papers back to me. And they're sitting on my desk because I forgot to put my uh, job title as as, uh, chairman of the board beside my name. I said, well, I think you should hang on to those papers because I think God has given us land. And, uh, and so then I went to my wife and we sat and we talked and we prayed. And I, to be honest, I was anxious a bit because I was comfortable where we were. And when I was on the board to start a camp, I wasn't invested in it. And now I was being the one asked to develop it. Mm-hmm. So um, we talked about it. We prayed and, and I shared with her my anxiety about that a little bit. And I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the skill set to do that. I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never built anything much less a camp from nothing. And, um, and she had one question for me that that was it for her. She said, is God calling you to do this? Hmm. And with a kind of a, a soft voice, I said, yes, I believe he is. And she said, well, then we don't have a choice as if that's what we do. We follow God. Amen. (laughs) Amen. You know, I needed that assurance and you know, my wife is, she's, she's a solid rock. Most of the time behind means, um, she, uh, she prays for me. She does things that no one would ever know about, but, but she's constantly there in supporting, uh, me as, as my wife and my, my partner in ministry. But all she needed to know was that it was God doing the asking. And, um, and so she gave me the assurance that if he's asking, we're okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. So that's kind of how the this journey of the ref, refuge began. Awesome. I'm I'm thinking as you're talking, and and th- well, there are a couple of thoughts that I had. One, when you um when you said to your wife, um, if the Lord were to you know send me an invitation, if I were to be given an invitation to to do full time ministry, I just have a question. When you said that, was that a this is a when pigs fly type of thing or, or was yes. it sincerely? Okay. Was it? Okay. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but because I knew there was no, ch- I had done nothing to ask for that phone call. Mm. And so, but, but it doesn't really matter whether you've asked for it or not. If, if, if you're, you know, it'd be easier for me to go back and say, well, I was just joking, <laughs> but, but the Bible says let your BS and your no be no. Like, Okay, so is am I sincere in my answer to my wife, or am I always talking to her in jest? Like, okay, I'm just—I was just kidding. I didn't really mean that when I when I said that. Um, so it was really kind of a moment for me where it was, um, am I someone that's going to follow through with what I say? Mm. Uh, can my wife count on that? Okay. And so, um, yeah. So, so that's something that grabbed me, you know, and just thinking about that and processing that because I, it's amazing to me that the Lord uses even sort of the, um, 
and forgive me for giving my own description to this, but maybe the like the hopelessness of our comments, it's like, ah, you know, I mean, if I were to be right. extended an invitation, um, it's amazing to me to be reminded that we serve the God who says, okay, all right, well then that's enough. Right. Like that, that right there is enough for him to step into that. Um, whatever is present in our life, maybe the doubt or this is unrealistic, it's enough for the Lord to step into that and to produce the outcome that he desires to advance his kingdom. That's one. And then two, as you're talking, I'm thinking of um, the message that our pastor preached just yesterday, um, you know, where dead things are, the Lord specializes, right? Like where there is like something that is right, seemingly right. dead, he mm -hmm. shows up and says, where have you laid him? Mm. Like, where is he? Right. And so, and then says, yeah. come forth. And I'm thinking of this, we're going to dissolve our nonprofit. And the Lord's like, <laughs> where have you laid it? Like, because <laughs> so cause basically you're saying this is dead to us. We're not going to do this. Mm. Right. Well, he waited to the moment that we gave up. Mm. We had That's to understand good. that our ability was not sufficient. <laughs> and so, because we, we had made plans mm. over those five years to build a camp. We had cabin designs, mm -hmm. we had program designs, we had everything laid out in our strength, but that was not what, it's like God said, I don't care what you've done. This is my place. That's good. And so he literally waited to, we, we dissolved, we, we gave up. I say quit, we quit. That was really for God to say, now that you've given up, let me provide what you really need. Wow. And, um, but you need to understand that this is my place, not yours. Sammy, this is Man. why I believe that this book <laughs> will be so impactful yes. for the body of Christ Amen. because it is filled yeah. with the, the fear, the right fear that yes. God is holy, right? And that, that he has a plan, he has a purpose to advance his kingdom. And I think that there are so many of our listeners who are listening right now mm -hmm. who just heard this and they have things in their life where basically they've just consigned it to death. They're yeah. like, it's yeah. never going to yeah. happen. Um, maybe they believe that they heard a promise somewhere and mm. maybe they thought they could trust the Lord. But, you know, just we live in life and sometimes it looks like, no, that's not going to happen. Mm. But the Lord is inviting us evermore to trust him and yes. to follow him. And that's what I think is right. going to be so impactful about the book. As, as we continue on though, where can our listeners get a copy of it so that they can read um, these stories, rejoice in the Lord and be encouraged in their faith? Yeah, they can get it on uh, Amazon, uh, on Barnes and Nobles. They can type in my name, Sammy Hudson, or the title, I Am Inadequate, and it will come up there and they can order a copy. They are for sale now. They actually just came out for sale this week. And, awesome. um, and so we've ordered some copies here. They haven't even come in the mail here yet. So I have one copy <laughs> with me today. It was a gift from the press uh, that, that they gave us. So, um, so we're excited about receiving them as well. But they are officially for sale uh, now on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. So, so let's jump into it. Let's talk about the things that God started to do. So after the point, well, I say that we've already been talking about what he started to do, but once you guys kind of jump into the refuge and you begin the process, how does the Lord begin to unfold what he intends to do now that he has resurrected this vision and resurrected this calling for you guys? Yeah, well, I think uh, the, the big thing for us was we had to decide whether we were going to be in it or not. You know, so we kind of ask, ask ourselves the question, are you in or are you out? Mm. Um, and so because if you're in, you need to immerse yourself in. It's kind of like the burning the ship moment. You know, you, you say, I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. And if I'm going to do it, we're going to be all in. So we decided that 
after uh, spending a year in, in prayer and development, and I had some folks that blessed me with an office space that we were going to build a house out there. And there was, you, you know, you've been out here before, but you've seen, you see a camp here now. But 17 years ago, there was nothing around us except for cows across the street from where we were going to build. <laughs> um, the closest water, sewer, and electrical lines were a mile away. Wow. Um, and so when we threw out the idea that we were going, going to build a house out here in the middle of um, nowhere, um, you know, the people started coming out like our, our, our families, our friends are like, you're crazy. Like, what if this doesn't happen? You know, what if what if you do this and you fall flat on your face? Mm. That's a great question. <laughs> and we'll deal with that when we get there, you know. Yeah. Um, but but you, uh, I, I, this one of my say, favorite sayings is you should never let the the provisions you see limit the vision you pursue. So mm. if if we are if we are going, you know, we had limited resources, mm. so we we can only see a limited amount of resources that we had, and we. We could have limited our vision to that, but we kept our vision uh, to a God-sized vision. Mm. And we said, Lord is going to provide, and this is bigger than us already. Like, even if even if we, um, all we do is build a house out there in the middle of nowhere, that's even bigger than what we can do. We don't have enough money to build a house. Where's that going to come from? Right. And so, but people said, look, even if you try to sell your house after this is all over, it's not going to sell for anything because there's no neighbors. There's nothing out there. <laughs> You know, you're 10 miles from the nearest grocery store. And um, and so, but we had to ask ourselves the question, are we in or are we out? Mm. Um, and so we said we're in. And so we we sold uh, the things that we had in our house. And we had a yard sale. Our neighbors came out and bought sofas, our TVs. And we, we put a down payment on a house. My grandmother blessed me with a little bit of money to help with the down payment um, so that we could start this journey. And, and we built this house and we had no furniture in it. We put lawn chairs in the living room and we had you know, played hide and seek in the house with our uh, then four and seven year old kids. We wow. had a ball. Um, but it was an incredible journey. And we, we were, I can't tell you how many times people said, this doesn't make sense. And that's when you know you're in the middle of something that God is doing. Wow. Um, that for us, that has become the, okay, we're in the right place. <laughs> Um, and to the point that we have people come to us now and they say, hey, let us know when you're getting ready to do something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because we want to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. And, um, and so it's, it is great in the world we live in. It's crazy to follow Jesus. Mm. But that's OK. Um, we are, the, the question I would have is, are you comfortable with being uncomfortable? Yes. Yes. And, um, and that's a great place to be because that's where God does the work. Because if we were just comfortable all the time, then we are the ones providing and, 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 and working through the things in our own strength. So to recognize it, I am inadequate. You know, that's what this book is, is kind of pushing forward. To recognize that is a great place to start because you're recognizing right up front, I don't have what it takes to follow through with what God is asking. I think it's amazing because we all have something like this. You know, that we can point to and say, yeah. man, we need to put our full weight down on it, you know, like give it over to God and say, hey, we, we, we're all in, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I'm just thinking yeah. about in the Bible, I'm thinking about Moses. And I talked about this a little bit this morning, how he felt so inadequate. He said, I can't even speak. 
you know, my, I'm, I'm slow to speak. And he, he really pressed in to the point where a guy was like, okay, your brother can speak. You can speak to him. <laughs> and then, you know, but I think we all have that feeling of, yeah. of feeling inadequate, you know, but that's where God's strength is made perfect yeah. in those weak, in, in, in those yeah. weak moments, you know. And so you have the yep. one house uh, there. So how did it begin to develop into the other houses and into uh, what we see now? Yeah, so it's piece by piece. You know, uh, I think of, you know, Noah building this huge boat and the years it took to do that. You know, we're 17 years into this process. Wow. And uh, and we now have eight houses. Uh, we have one that's <laughs> moving right along. You saw it this summer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now the roof is redone and the, the electricity, the electric uh, lines are run. They're getting ready to put in the plumbing and the new walls. Wow. And, and so God continues to provide piece by piece. Um, we are limited in our... Um, in our strength. So yeah. to follow God is a journey. It's it's not a, it's not a, Hey, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and everything that I have envisioned is going to be in place. And it doesn't mean you're not going to fail along the way. It doesn't mean that God's not going to have to pick you up and dust you off. And some days you're just going to cry into his arms and say, Lord, I have messed up today and forgive me. And, and that's part of the process as well is recognizing that you know, not only are we inadequate in our skill level, but we're inadequate in our holiness. Mm. Uh, wow. We yeah. serve a holy God and we can't, we are, we are not holy without him. And so if we want to be a part of a God vision, we have to rely fully on his holiness. So mm-hmm. when we, when we mess up, when we, you know, do things that we know aren't right, as Paul says, those are the things that I do, the things I know aren't right. When we do those things. We have to trust that God is is faithful in his promises yeah and that we are forgiven that that too often particularly guys i see we hinder ourselves with the weight of all the things we've ever done wrong mm. so we limit ourselves then to pursuing what god has put in front of us as men um and and we sell ourselves short and so um, you know, I hope that this will speak in particular to, to me and I know it's going to speak to everyone. I hope it does. Yeah. But I know that, um, you know, I, I share some personal stuff, you know, I'm, I'm as human as they come, but I love a God that is holy as they come. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so, um, so he, he cleans up the messes that I make. Um, and he surrounds me with people that are qualified in areas that I'm not. Um, you know, earlier you, before we began this, you got to say hello to Miss Terry. Well, you know, she's gifted in ways that I'm not. My wife is gifted in ways that I'm not. Uh, and so we surround ourselves with, with people that um, that make us the body of Christ in what we do. Mm-hmm. So I have to do my part, uh, but but I have to rely on, the, on God to provide the other parts to do it well. Amen. Amen. I, I want to ask you too because w- one experience that I had at the camp, um, there was a young man who was asking you uh, something, but you you proceeded to tell him the story. We were standing by the uh, under the uh, where the basketball uh, court is, and you proceeded to tell him a story about the trees that were planted out there. Um, mm-hmm. Would you share that? I thought it was so powerful because you gave him a great example right on the spot, you know, of patience and, you know, and, and, and how things grow, take time and things, and things yeah. like that. Could you share that? Yeah. So I, and I, I, I believe I know what you're talking about. I've used that story a lot. We, the young man was asking me how um, he felt like he wasn't growing mm-hmm. and he didn't know what that looked like. He said, I'm, you know, I think he was 17 or 18 years old. He was a, you know, getting ready to go off to college, he said, I just, I feel like 
God is not working in me and I'm not growing. Mm. And I, so I, I, I asked him, I said, well, look, turn around. And there's mm-hmm. a, there's an oak tree that was planted there, you know, 10 years before. And it wasn't a huge oak tree. Mm-hmm. We planted this whole, these two rows of oaks. They're beautiful, but they're not fully grown. And, um, and I said, you know, the first year we planted that oak tree, it sat in that same position. It didn't move. Um, the next year we didn't see any growth. Mm-hmm. I said, little by little, we're, we're starting to see that growth, but, but it doesn't mean the tree's not growing. It's just you can't see it growing. Mm, yeah, it's growing deep. The foundation is being developed so that it can grow large and that it can create shade and provide what a tree is supposed to provide. But oftentimes we're growing, we don't realize we're growing. <laughs> and um, and so God gives us things around us to teach with. I mean, Jesus yeah. did it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but you know, I've learned I've learned a lot about these trees over the years. So. The, the rule of thumb is uh, the first year, um, the tree sleeps. The second year, the tree creeps. Mm. And the third year, the tree sleeps. And, um, and so it takes a while for that foundation. You said the, 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 the tree and sleeps and then it creeps. And what was the last one? Yep. And then it leaps. Leaps. Mm. Okay. So until the third year, do you notice any growth mm. in the tree? tree is creating a foundation under itself to support the growth that is going to come. And, um, and so you just watch a tree for three years doing nothing really. Um, then all of a sudden it starts to take off, but you know, I see that in the refuge, the first few years we were fumbling around. I mean, I, I, I share in the book that on my first day of work, I create a business card. It was the most simplest thing. Right. <laughs> and and that, it took me all day to create a business card. And I walked out of there thinking, man, I look so official now. I have a business card <laughs> um, with my name on it. And um, and so I, I went home that day. I was so pumped. And I celebrated the little victory. Um, little things matter, um, particularly in following Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think often about the disciples, the daily journey. And they saw incredible things every day, it seems like, when you read in Scripture. But it was a daily journey for them. They woke up every day walking around with the creator of the universe wondering what was going to happen next. But they also, you know, had um, just normal conversations. They probably laughed together. They probably, um, and over those three years, Jesus prepared them to be the foundation to build the church with. Mm-hmm. But that first year, they were probably trying to figure out, why, what does Jesus even say to me? You know, I'm so imperfect. I'm, you know, I'm a tax collector, for goodness sake. How, mm-hmm. how, who, who could forgive me for what I've done? And yet God calls people that, that totally feel inadequate to do his work. Um, and so we can't be afraid to step into God's calling just because we feel like we're not able or capable um, or adequate to do that calling. Man, you know, I, I want to, and I know we may be running out of time in this episode, so we're going to, if it's okay with you, Sammy, hold you over for a part two, because I, I want to go on this journey. I want our listeners to have the blessing of being able to go on this journey, um, just sort of like skimming the surface of what's in the book. I am inadequate. But before we run out of time here, I, I want to acknowledge that when we submit to following the leadership of the Lord, when we agree that um, his will is the best, right? Like that we want his outcome, we want his desires, um, that does not come without challenges. And as much yeah. as like, you know, you, you're an athlete, will the greats, like an athlete, 
or you enjoy sports? <laughs> Not at Liam. Well, among I the three of sports. us, I'm the only one who doesn't really have. <laughs> I, I'm, my athletic references are very like scant. Okay, I don't know. But here's what I do know. Here's what I know. Everyone loves the highlights. Everyone mm. loves to see the people just run yeah. through and, and, you know, they love to see all of those things that sort of like, right. here's, here are the best moments, but the game is made up of all of the moments, mm. right? It's made That's up right. of like the highlights. Yep. It's made up of the, what do you guys call them? The ankle breakers where it's like, Oh, look <laughs> at what he did. I can't believe, you know? Um, and you guys had that at the refuge. You had those moments where yeah. you would have these dramatic turns or, you, you, you know, it's sort of like, Lord, we know you've called us to this, but this is hard. Uh, tell us about one of those, and then we'll pick up in the next episode and see how the Lord redeems, turns around, and you guys keep going. Yeah, so the I guess the biggest one for me is right after we, we built our house, we'd been in it for three months out of the refuge, and there was nothing else out here at that moment except for the cross. We put up the cross first at the camp. That's the first thing we put up. That's um, That was... Uh, very intentional. The Lord kind of worked that out. But um, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who had done some tests on my wife. He wasn't feeling all that great. And he said, look, I need to share something with you. Are you sitting down? I'm like, sure, I'm sitting down. He said, well, the test came back and your wife has thyroid cancer. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we we had started this journey. She, she hadn't been feeling really terrible. So it wasn't like, hey, something's emergency going on here, but just something wasn't quite right. And and so she thought maybe her iron was low or or something was you know going on that just kind of a, something I need to take some supplements for. But when it came back there, she had thyroid cancer. That was a, a scary moment for us because we had just moved into a house. We had a mortgage payment now. We had um, we didn't really have insurance at the time because we had left a job with great insurance. And now we're starting this journey that was really God was our insurance. Mm. And, and we're like. All right, Lord. So it was very hard for us. Um, and then the, the doctor said, I think you should go tell your wife. And and I was like, well, like, aren't you trained to do that? <laughs> right. Is it this something that you do? And and how am I like word, those words don't really come out of my mouth very well to, to my bride. And so. So I found someone to watch our young children and I, I, my wife and I walked to the cross here at the refuge because we lived. We live about a quarter mile up the road, which is where we built our house. And um, and we walked to the cross. That was it. That was all that was here. And we cried and we prayed. And there were so many things, so many fears that were coming over us because we're so human. Um, how, we, how, what's happening is eternal. All they told us when we have cancer at that point. And they, we set up a time to go see an oncologist. And so we didn't have any answers. We had a lot to pray for and we, we prayed and cried. And um, it was a process that we went through for about a year and a year and a half. Uh, my wife had her thyroid removed. That was a whole journey. Um, had uh, cancer treatments done. And then the bill started showing up. And so uh, the cool part about all of this is my wife was, is now cancer free. That's the first Praise blessing God. in all of it. And I, I share much more in depth in the book, but, but through that process, little envelopes started showing up in our mailbox. <laughs> they were blank. They, they had our name on it. Didn't have an address. So somebody was bringing them, putting them in our mailbox, didn't have a return address and they had cash in them. It wasn't every day and it was never the same amount of money, but they, they kept coming. 
different amounts, different size envelopes. And all of her medical bills were paid through the little white envelopes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Man. I love the wow. Lord. And so, right? And so I, I've learned that the, the insurance that the Lord provides is better than man's. Mm. Um, I think it's Psalm 188 that says, you know, it's better to trust in uh, your faith in the Lord than to trust in man. And and so um, we we oftentimes put too much weight and too much of our eggs into man's basket. Mm. And we don't. And, and really what we should be is all in. In God's basket. And um, it doesn't make sense in the world, but I've I've learned that God is worth our trust. Amen. And Amen. Earn the right. Earn the right. Trust him. Amen. Man, it's so true. Wow. The book is I Am Inadequate, A Journey of Faith at the Refuge. And the author is our guest today, Sammy Hudson. He is the executive director of the Refuge. I just want to say this. One of the reasons um, that we thought it was so important to have you on the Culture Proof podcast to talk about this is because we we have experienced a couple things firsthand. One, we've experienced the Refuge. We've, we've been out there and we know the feel that is there. We know that the presence of God is so clearly evident. We know the heart of not only you, Sammy, but your staff, your entire team, that the desire is to exalt the Lord, is to see Christ formed in the kids who come out to the refuge, to see Christ formed in the adults who come out to the refuge, that the, the aim is genuine. And so we know that what you say in the book and what you're saying on this podcast is who you truly are. And so we glorify God in that. The other reason we thought it was important to have you on, Sammy, is because we were personally blessed by your sharing so much of what the Lord did uh, during the formation of the refuge. It impacted our lives personally and helped us to respond to the Lord's call. And so what we wanted to do was have our listeners um, have the opportunity to be blessed by some of these testimonies that really build faith and encourages us to continue following after the Lord. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick up with the part two and talk about how the Lord continued to grow and expand the reach of the refuge. Uh, again, as we want to remind you, we go out of this podcast when we resist those cultural trends, right? The trends that say, rely on yourself, look to yourself, trust yourself. Uh, we want to resist all of those trends. We want to look to the Lord. We want to rely on the Lord. We want to trust that he alone is adequate and sufficient. Um, we resist those trends that rival the truth. And that's how we remain culture proof until next time. Time, Lord willing. God bless.